Yo, BJ Gador with the BJ Gador podcast. And my special guest today is the 60-year-old aged fine piece of meat. That is Dave the Bandman Schmitz. Uh, let me tell you something. This guy is a special dude. One of the most fit people I've ever met, uh, regardless of age. But, you know, he just keeps getting sexier year by year. We're going to talk a lot of things today. Um, Dave isn't wearing panties. I asked him prior to recording. So that's just kind of his MO on this podcast. He likes to keep it real, uh, real sexy. And I think we'll enjoy it. And we're going to talk outdoor workouts. We're going to talk turning 60 and how that has changed his approach to training, diet, lifestyle, business. And, you know, we'll even catch up on some things like the NBA, the playoffs, the finals. Uh, so Dave, welcome to the show, man. Great to talk to you, BJ, as always. Thanks for having me on. Now, those that are not familiar with Dave Schmitz, um, you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, he's one of the original online trainers. He's the most well-known expert when it comes to resistance band training. You know, definitely check out his website, resistancebandtraining.com, for a wealth of information on how to use bands at home, travel, and also Anytime, anywhere, outdoor stuff, which we'll talk on today. Dave's got a 28-day outdoor workout plan going on right now uh, through his newsletter and at resistancebandtraining.com, also his member site. So uh, I want to get some jewels uh, as well there because Dave and I actually, we used to do a bunch of summer workouts for uh, football conditioning, you know, hill workouts, uh, speed agility work, stuff like that. So uh, this guy's a big fan of using playground stuff, picnic tables, you know, he's kind of a jack of all trades. Uh, but, you know, originally a farm boy, became a physical therapist, evolved into uh, personal training, uh, selling bands online through education. And, uh, you know, he and I used to travel a lot for fitness and networking events. So pleasure to have him here. Dave, let's talk about the important stuff. What, what do you think about, you know, What's been the experience for you in this current NBA playoff run in the year of our Lord 2023? Also, you know, the finals, et cetera. Well, my my horse got knocked out early, as you know. So, um, but what I am probably the most impressed with and what's been the most refreshing thing to see is a team in the Miami Heat that's winning because they're a team. And not only are they a team, but they are assassins. They, they absolutely just don't blink no matter what. And that has been, of all the things, I mean, I am, you know, I'm a Bucks fan, but you know what? Um, the Miami Heat have been impressive. So that's one of my takeaways from it. Um, the other takeaway is... Um, when you get into the playoffs, you gotta you gotta strap them up, and you better tighten it down a little bit more, um, because, dude, there are some there are some guys in the league that just know how to take you apart, no matter how good you think you are, and um, you know, LeBron's uh, LeBron's at his age was so impressive at what he got accomplished in this series or in this playoff. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever see a guy 
like him again in in basketball. Uh, maybe we will, but I, I I personally probably won't. And then you know the other guy that just jumps out at me is uh, you know Jimmy Butler. Man, he is um, he is just been impressive. And so those are my two takeaways um, from the 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 playoff. But uh, like I said, I kind of lost interest early on, and then I regained it as I watched the Heat. Um, and then obviously because of you, and I just know you follow the Lakers, I, you know, I texted you and, and followed that series as well. So some background, uh, I really appreciate those insights. Uh, background, you know, Dave and I are both from Wisconsin, uh, but Dave is actually a Bucks fan. I, n- I never really was a Bucks fan. I grew up an MJ fan and followed the Bulls and we got WGN. So I watched all the, all the games, um, all the Chicago games, but I became a, a LeBron fan and I followed him from Cleveland to the heat where I became also like the, the heat are my, are the second team that I really identify with like the culture there. Uh, and then obviously when I moved to California a month before LeBron came, it just, it became a natural fit to become a Lakers fan and I'll remain a Lakers fan, but going back to the Miami heat, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's a Pat Riley organization and uh, I think Eric Spolstra is the best coach in the league, has been for a while right. now. And yeah. the way that they, like, you know, they've got nine undrafted players, and mm-hmm. it's all about conditioning. Yeah. Like, you know, they have very rigorous standards that that the players have to uh, maintain in terms of like, body fat and just general conditioning protocols to be part of the team. Uh, they outwork you, you know, and uh, it really it really has been, if you have been watching this playoff, uh, you know, they beat you in a way by committee. They have one of the most clutch players I've ever seen in Jimmy Buckets, who, uh, you know, is from, he played at Marquette. Uh, yeah. Those that are, you know, Milwaukee uh, natives or fans or whatever. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I've, you know, it's been a stress-free NBA finals for me. I, I do not like the Denver Nuggets, mainly because, uh, and you know, it's funny, tomorrow I actually have a podcast with, his name's Trevor Lane. He does the, the Lakers Nation podcast. Uh, so we'll be getting some, you know, uh, insider uh, tips and stuff on that. But uh, I really didn't like the way their coach whined and complained. Mike Malone, he like he just clowned in the, during the uh, the Denver uh, L.A. series about how there no one uh, gives us attention. No one appreciates us. It's like <laughs> you've been the number one seed all year. Everyone knows. Everyone knows how good the fucking team is. You've got the best player in the league for the last couple of years, the two-time MVP, but he was just whining. He didn't get enough attention. So um, I, I, it gave me extra juice to want to see the Heat win, and they just stole home court, so we'll see what happens. I mean, there's no reason the Heat should win against uh, such a complete team that's had their core together for seven years with, you know, just the length and the height and the general – skill they have in that one-two punch of uh, Jokic and Murray, but uh, I am hoping that he decimate them. Yeah. No, I, and, and honestly, um, it, well coached, um, play together as a team. They, you, you can take apart, especially in the NBA. If the only thing that, that will limit the, the Miami heat from winning this is if they, just absolutely can't make shots. That's it. That's it. That that will be the only thing that will stop them, or uh, barring an injury, obviously. But um, because they will figure out how to get wide open shots. 
and they will get it done. And and I don't think Denver has the defensive toughness to combat that for for all four quarters. Um, and and so to me, this whole playoff series will come down to Miami making shots or Denver just doing some stupid something offensively where they shoot 80%, you know, in a game or something, something like that. I mean, I, I'm barring that, but even that, I don't see that happening because Miami will figure out a way to defend you if you are shooting 80%. Um, and, and it, it's, it's just been very refreshing. Um, I, I go back and you might not remember this, but the Detroit Pistons um, had a similar team many years ago. 2004. That, yep. That came in. Um, oh, Chauncey Billups. That's yep. the guy I was trying to think of. Came in. Again, just played as a team. No, no, no real superstars, but they had a couple guys that were obviously high level. But, you know, they were, that's the team that Miami reminds me of is that, that type of just team basketball. Um, and honestly, you know, BJ, personalities start to show themselves as the heat comes up, not being, you know, picking on uh, words here, but as the temperature raises and the pressure increases, re- re- real personalities start to come out. And, um, you know, like you said, the coach was whining in the LA series. Well, now the coach is whining about his players. And so to me, he has, um, he has played his last trump card as, he, as he's called his players out. And that's a risky trump card because that could go one of two ways. And so we'll see. But um, I think this might very well go seven. But if you get to the seventh game, I don't care where they're playing. My money would be on the heat um, unless something bizarre happens. Yeah, because, you know, ultimately, uh, Jimmy Buckets has been there before. You know, that he faced off oh, against totally. the Lakers in the finals in the bubble in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, here, here's my take. Because, uh, again, I, I obviously, I, I, I sadly watched the Lakers get swept against the Nuggets, though that was they were an evenly matched team, in my opinion. What ended up happening, in my assessment, both AD and LeBron, uh, they were battling injuries. That's no excuse. Yeah. It's, it's a common yeah. theme. But – their superstars were well-rested and healthier than ours. And um, it came down to a couple possessions in every single game. You yeah. know, they lost by a total of 24 points across four games, and, and a lot of them came down to the end. And I, I think the Nuggets felt they won it all once they beat the Lakers because they they uh, they got revenge and getting eliminated back in 2020 in the same Western Conference Finals. And I, honestly, I, I, I think they thought they won. They let their guard down a bit. And now they're against a team that is used to being suffocated. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, it's like no oxygen in Denver with the altitude is is no issue for the heat. You know, this is a team that just, they seem to love to be uh, just on the edge uh, up against it. And uh, I don't, I I just don't think Denver is as comfortable being uncomfortable because again, they've been a front runner the whole year. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. I don't think they're going to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And right now, the uncomfortableness is only going to increase in the next few weeks, in the next few games. Um, and so it, it's going to be, I'm intrigued. Um, I don't have, a, like I said, I, I don't really have 
Um, I didn't have really a, a fan favorite going into this after the Bucks lost, but the more I watch the Heat, the more I am just now like, I'm sorry. I, I'm going to kind of pull for them. I just have to. They they are what I you know I envision is what I want sports to be. Um, I'm a I'm a maybe a you know a uh, visionary or not visionary, but a guy who just I, I just believe team sports should be team sports, um, and um, I love it because they didn't you know they didn't go out and pick up three guys to put together granite. They did. Miami did do that in the past, so I get that. But um, it, it's just been refreshing. I, I really enjoyed that part of it. It's actually made, brought me back into the playoffs because I I wasn't for a while there. I wasn't really watching, um, but I've now turned back on, and I'll I'll watch this series absolutely for sure. You know what? Uh, what's great though, I, I obviously I, I wish the Lakers were in it, but you know, a stress-free, anxiety-free finals. I can just yep. I can put my legs in my Norma Tex. I can do some mobility, you know, like, and then I can just get excited when I, when I see if Denver loses. Um, but, you know, for those listening as well, Dave uh, has done a lot of training with uh, basketball players, particularly his daughters. Um, yeah. You know, what, when you see these guys play these games, uh, especially up until the finals, man, they were going every other day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I worry about the product when you do something like that, because, again, the recovery, uh, you know, it, it hurt the Lakers in particular because you know, of just having a 38-year-old LeBron. I mean, there's yeah. no way he can get ready for those games uh, no. with just a day rest. But w- what are some things that – because I know when, as I watch these games and as you watch these games when you have the educated fitness eye, like what are some things that you're noticing – or just stand out to you or just like what, what amazes you that you see with, with, with just the performances? Well, what I would love to see, what I would love to see, and maybe it'll be on a Netflix video someday. I would love to see and follow Jimmy Butler around as soon as he leaves the court after a game. I, I want to see what he does. And I would like to do the same thing with LeBron. I want to see what he does to get his body ready for the next game. I would be so intrigued to see everything they do um, because I think I'd be like, holy man, you know, it, it, I would just be blown away because it, it's um, you don't play like LeBron. You don't play like Jimmy um, by just showing up and, you know, making sure you eat well and get a good night's sleep the night before. It's not that. It's not that. I guarantee you it's not that. And so I'd I'd love to do that. Um, From a, just from an athletic standpoint, BJ, you've always, and I've told you this about myself as well. I, I love athletics, but as I've always said, I love seeing what this body of ours can do and how certain people, some freaks, can do certain things, how, how Jimmy Butler can recover, how LeBron can recover, how LeBron can elevate like he can, um, how, how they change their games based on their knowing their bodies. You know, like LeBron obviously said, Hey, I don't have the legs to keep going in these playoff series. I've got to go to the basket. I, I can't rely on a jump shot right now. Because I know if I can get to the basket, my upper body strength can play a factor 
in me scoring. But from the outside, you, you got to have your legs because that in turn improves your coordination of your shot and so forth. So I, I love watching, seeing how these guys adjust while they're playing against supposedly guys that are of equal or greater athletic ability. And yet they're beating them. You know, they're, they're beating them. And I'm going, you guys are amazing. You know how, and the contact and the physicality and how they can, you know, just set them, set the game up for themselves. I, I'm intrigued with that. Um, the overall conditioning, uh, you know, BJ, it's professional athletics. And it, the one thing I learned about watching my daughter go through just division one basketball at a mid-major school, um, it, 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 there's not, there's just so many, um, what's the word? There's just so many differences in how certain athletes get treated and, and how, just how the game is played and how team camaraderie is created. Um, that, you know, I'm just like, it, it's a different game. And at the professional level, it's even a much different game. Um, and so I, I, that's why the, the, that Miami being team oriented has been so refreshing because, um, you know, when I watched my daughter and I watched her have the, the best years she had as an athlete were the years that she had the best group of individuals brought together, working together as a unit. That's when she had her best years at college and at high school. And the, you know what, it's just, uh, it's just, that's really cool to me. And then I guess the last thing is I, I'm a big leadership guy in regards to seeing how athletes become leaders in so many different ways. And, you know, you watch Jimmy Butler come in after the post-game conference and he's, you know, he just, he just kind of just tells it like it is and leaves, you know, he, he, he doesn't, there's no, you know, there's no sex appeal. There's no nothing there. He just kind of looks in the camera like he looks at his opponent and says, well, I'll be here when you get here, you know, and, and we will mess you up one way or the other. Um, and you know, it's just, I just love seeing that. I just enjoy seeing that kind of, that's a different type of leader, but man, what a, what a very, very interesting leadership role. Yeah. You know, for sure. I've always identified with more lead by example type of cats, Yeah, you know, then just exactly. you know, screaming, yelling, you know, yeah. uh, pomp and circumstance, stuff like that. And he's, he truly is an assassin, right? Just very cool, calm, collected, um, and he, the game, like he can be like completely uninvolved in a game. And then all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter and he, he just makes it a possession by possession game and does exactly yeah. what his team needs. So we'll see what happens, man. You know, yeah, you, we just will. Turned, we will. you just turned 60. Yeah. Talk to me about, you know, I, I wanted to, by the way, people that don't like the NBA or basketball are like, what the fuck am I listening to? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Stay with us. We'll get into some better stuff. Yeah, no, we're going to get into some stuff here. Okay. But this is, he's, this is two friends also reconnecting, okay? Um, <laughs> you know, you just turned 60. Uh, I know it was a very special time for you. You had a really uh, beautiful party with your family. But, like, you know, not just from a physical standpoint, but you lived 60 years on this planet. Uh, I recently turned 40, and I just the amount of reflection and just perspective and uh, wisdom that I've gathered um, up to this point, you know, you've got 20 more years on me like what was 
talking about like what was that experience like turning 60 well honestly um a, a, it, it hasn't really impacted me mentally too much I mean, I, I look at it, I, I guess for the first time, I kind of looked at a number. I've never looked at a number, but this number I kind of looked at. Um, but one of the, the thing that I'm most grateful for, being honest with you, BJ, is, is at this age, I look back at all those workouts and all the training and all the days I just wanted to sleep in and, you know, not do anything. Or, and at the days I... I said, you know, I got to get up and I got to do something today. All those workouts, all that, all those personal workouts. And I'm like, man, they have paid off. I mean, and that, and honestly, and I heard you when you were talking to Jeremy a, a few months, a few weeks ago, whatever you said, you know, you're, you feel like your body's the best it's ever been. I think that was what your comment was. And, and honestly, outside of, having to recover longer um, and outside of just simply not having the, the neurological re reaction that, that I want to have, you know, the fast twitch responses and all that. Um, I wish I had that, you know, cause like when I go out and do my track workouts um, I really wish I could still get a, you know, a 60 second, a sub 60 second quarter. You know, I wish I could get that but that's, that's not there anymore. But then I sit back and go, but how many dudes at 60 are running quarter miles? And I go, probably not too many, <laughs> you know? And so I'm just really grateful that everything I did in the past has, has really, you know, blessed me to be where I'm at now and feeling the way I'm at. So when I turned 60, it wasn't really a big deal. I just kept doing it. What what really motivates me right now is, dude, how how long can I keep this rolling? You know, it's it's kind of like an, like LeBron. How long can he? I'm sure he's motivated by motivated by. Well, dude, I, I'm still one of the top top players in the league. How long can I keep this going? And and you know, Father Time's undefeated, and I won't beat him. But the dude is the dude is struggling with me right now. And I'm smiling, going, oh, you know, you're, you're struggling with me. You're trying to bring me down, but, you know, I'm still hanging there. And that's kind of, that's kind of exciting, you know? So I, I look at it more that way, like, um, man, you know, how long can I keep this going? Because I know I have, I've got, I've, I've positioned myself well, you know, thanks to just what I've done in the past. And that's the, that's the advice I give you, B, is just, Man, just keep doing what you're doing, um, and it will it will only you know keep you feeling good. Um, and so that's uh, that's the biggest thing is I, I'm just more excited um, than anything um, about you know upcoming years because you know uh, business wise, and we'll talk later about that. But business wise, you know I'm at sixty. Um, I would think a lot of people out there listening right now would say, hey. I'd like to retire around 60, 63, 65 at the latest, you know, well, that's my goal as well, but I don't want to just retire. I, I, I want to dominate in retirement if I can. Um, and I'm hoping I'm blessed to do that. And so that's pretty, that's pretty inspiring to me. I want to, you know, I, I play, a, I picked up the game of golf. I play a lot of golf. 
Um, and I, I want to continue to compete with my, my 25 year old son. Um, as long as he plays from the blues and I get to play from the whites. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. So you mentioned, uh, Jeremy Scott, a shout out to the Jeremy yeah. Scott fitness podcast. I'll be getting him on here soon as a guest. So stay tuned for that. But, okay. um, you know, whenever we get together, we both talk about how old we are. Um, you know, and, uh, he gets complaints about people like, you know, you're making me feel old and you, but you know, it's okay. Like I, I just, to me, it's like you sent a recent newsletter out and you're like, look, man, what happens when you get older, you lose strength, you lose mobility and you lose muscle. And a lot of people look at these things. Oh, that's a negative, pessimistic, cynical approach versus just being a real approach, except, you know, I think it's, it's really an acceptance journey, right? And the sooner you can accept, um, you know, what you quote unquote might lose, the quicker you can start transitioning to focusing on where you can continue to gain slash maintain. Um, and you just have a very positive uh, approach with uh, quote unquote loss. And I think that's one of the real keys here, right? Because if we're trying to like, you know, say the moment we can't be our best, it's not worth trying to be. Uh, you know, that's that's a slippery slope that will leave you uh, in a completely different state at 60 than the legend that is Dave Schmidt. So uh, you want to kind of expand upon that, like, you know, those those three key losses that like terrify people. I think men in particular, because our, our egos are so fragile and often are so tied. If you yeah. had an athletic identity, it's so tied to that, um, you know, and, and I, I still know people, um, you know, like they'll continue to try to battle out the bench press, you know, or, you know, like they'll keep trying to do, they just refuse to evolve because they feel like it's defeat. Um, yeah, and you talked about right. too, these, these, these athletes like LeBron 38, who is, who's ancient, he's ancient for his, uh, for the space he's in, um, you know, torn foot tendon five weeks before the playoffs had to completely just find a way to just get things done out there. Uh, knowing that he was every day losing lift and power because you can't train, you know, you can't train on those, those off days when you're managing an injury like that. Uh, so, you know, t talking about like the losing and how to turn it into, uh, you know, kind of a, a gain or uh, maintenance mindset. Well, it, it comes down to this VJ as the one thing I've, the one thing I have just really, dialed into in the last 10 years is I train to dominate outside the gym, maximize opportunities outside the gym, have a great life outside the gym. And I think that it, that's where the mindset has to start. You have to look at it in your life and say, um, I, I don't train to play an NBA basketball game. I don't train, you know, for competitive reasons, at least not against somebody. I, I might compete against myself, but that's fine. You, well, everybody's welcome to do that. But what I do compete is my training right now is completely focused on what do I have to do to maximize life outside the gym? Um, and, and I'll give you an example, you know, I, I picked up the game of golf three years ago because Carter played it a lot. Carter's my son. And I really wanted to just be able to spend time with him. 
and I knew he enjoyed it and it was something I, I, I wanted to do, but I also knew I sucked at it. So I started playing it and outside of the, the learning, the, the ins and outs of the game and the swings and all that, the one thing I quickly realized is, okay, I want to swing the club, you know, a thousand times, a thousand times a, a week. Well, that's a thousand rotational movements in one direction. And I'm going, man, can my body hold up to that? I, I don't know. And so I immediately started looking at, okay, what do I have to do to take pressure off of certain areas? And I quickly, I quickly learned a lot more about mobility training, where I had to train, where I had to, you know, work on. So uh, an app, an activity that was outside the gym that I wanted to be better at, all of a sudden made working out enjoyable, even more enjoyable than it normally is. Um, and, and I can give you other examples of that. I mean, I, I just, we just went on a vacation with my family and, and, you know, I hung around with five, five people that were under the age of 27 and I hung with them the whole time. I mean, we, we had a great time. Anything they wanted to do, I could do hike, bike. It didn't matter. Matter of fact, I would get up in the morning, do my mobility work, and then they'd all roll out and we'd go on a run and they'd be like, how the heck can you just run? Well, dude, I, I spent a half hour with mobility before, but I did that so I could enjoy going out with them and, and not having them feel like they had to wait for me or, or whatever. And so we had great activity. So that's, I think, the mindset you need to start taking at age 35, at age 30, and, and really start saying, what is it in my fitness that I need to have in order for it to be sustainable and help me maximize life outside the gym? It really comes down to that. Uh, I, I hopefully, you know, I can expand on that, but I, I think that's the key. And that's, that's how I, how I focus on things these days. And as a result, you know, that means that you've just been, you know, it's so crazy. Like why we feel this need to just punish ourselves when we're younger. And then, you know, it, it has to happen at some point. And for some, unfortunately it happens too late when a lot of wear and tear and damage is done. But then you're like, Oh shit, I get one of these bodies. Yep. Maybe I should take care of it. Maybe I should actually listen to it. Maybe I should think about how it's going to feel beyond just today's workout and, and the rest of the workouts this week, you know, and one of the things like, you know, I, I laugh sometimes because I know I'm 40 because I no longer just go, go for a walk. I warm up to walk. Like the concept <laughs> of doing that, like even five years ago to me is like so ass backwards or so it's almost like uh, embarrassing but when I do do that, I have a much more enjoyable walk. I'm not as tight. Um, and then I'm, I'm not as tight at the end of the walk. And then I, I finish the walk by doing either some mobi mobility or I invert and, and do some breathing. Um, and it just, it's so, it just, I laugh at that because you know, I'm doing that at 40. So what's that going to look like when I'm 60? <laughs> like, like 20 years from now, like, is it going to take me an hour to get ready to walk? But uh, again, I joke about that, but really what, when I, when I mentioned this, because the stuff that I, 
me taking the time to warm up to walk and then do that that type of cool down I do to the inversion, you know, it helps drain the, uh, the inflammation and helps with the, the spine, decompressing spine. I'm doing that because that's what was going to allow me to walk for longer, you know, be able to do this pain-free, hopefully 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, I'm investing in my golden years right now. I never exactly. thought about that. Uh, yeah. even, you know, when I was 35, nonetheless, twenties, teens, obviously, but, you know, to me, that's been the biggest shift is just, um, you know, where, where the workout used to be the most important thing. Now it's the warm up, and the warm up dictates what I do the rest of the day, which as you mentioned, I, I do my, I start my day with mobility and, and, yeah. and that's the same thing too, for me, like I kind of do mobility throughout the day, uh, but I do it before my walk. And then based on how I feel from there, it kind of tells me what I'll be doing later in the day in the afternoon if I need more mobility or if my body's ready to do some actual training or just practice. Um, so, you know, how let's, you know, we have people listening, uh, 30s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. That's the main mm -hmm. demo here. And it's a lot of people in their 30s and 40s. Uh, but I have a lot of people that are coming on, you know, to be 50. Um, you know, talk to me about the transition from decade to decade. Like, you know, yeah. How have things changed for you from going from your 30s to your 40s to your 50s and now uh, a six-year-old, uh, you know, fitness master? Well, uh, the one thing that's changed is, and obviously, with my career um, and my business, um, resistance bands and resistance band resistance. Uh, BJ, I'm not saying this because of my business. It is heavily, it's been an absolute godsend to me. And I will even like, I know how you train now versus how you used to train. And you and I have talked about this, but band resistance has done so much for my body that I never anticipated. And so when you ask me what's transitioned since the thirties, well, the thirties, I was like any old, any 30 year old, the testosterone was still pretty high. And, and I, and I, I loved pushing myself hard, you know, and, and I could get away with it. I could get away with it a little bit more then. Um, as I got into forties, um, you know, I, I realized, oh boy, you know, I'm, I'm pushing the envelope here, but I continue to try to do it. And when I say push the envelope, I would, I would train with some higher resistance. Um, but I, I always, 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 came back to band training, band mobility, band speed work. Everything was done with elastic resistance in my 40s. When I hit 50, band training became absolutely locked in. That was 80% of my training when it came to strength training. 80, easily 80%. I, 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 would, I would lift body weight and I would lift free weights. Typically, I would lift with free weights in combine, combining with elastic resistance. So a contrast um, training approach so that I didn't have to load my joints. Uh, I always say load my joints in the hole. So, you know, because the band resistance would make me work harder at the end of the concentric phase or the end of the push or the pull or whatever, but I didn't put so much pressure on my joints coming out of the hole. Like if you're, like if you're in a deep squat, and I've got bands and kettlebells together. Um, 
when I'm in that deep squat, the band is on very low resistance. So I'm really only kind of lifting the kettlebell. But I know that when I get to the top, the band is going to be at max resistance and I'm going to have to push through that. So what it does is it doesn't load my joints when I'm in a very compressed situation, but it still makes me finish the movement. And the last 30 or 40 or 50% of the movement is pretty demanding, but that's where my joints can handle it much easier. So, you know, still going through full ranges of motion. That's, that's the other thing is making sure I'm just really maximizing full range of motion. And if I'm not, Okay, let's go back into the mobility part of my workouts and let's really dial in and see why you're not getting into those mobility positions. You know, one of the things my my youngest daughter has taught me a great deal and she was the basketball player and I, you know, I helped her a lot through her career. But now she, you know, she's um, training in a lot of different ways right now outside of not being a competitive basketball player. And one of the things she's taught me is, hey, dad, just put yourself in a, in a, in a deep squat and put yourself there multiple times throughout the day. And, and, you know, grab a, you know, my son Carter's taught me dad, just grab a pull-up bar and hang, um, you know, and, and those types of things. And, and, you know, even my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter has taught me how to go ahead and look at my training a little differently and say, well, dad, you don't have to train that hard because you have such a, a, a big base already, a strong base already. So my, I guess my point is as I've evolved through my fitness, personal fitness journey, what I have noticed is that all the work I've done in the past is still benefiting me as long as I don't sit there and abuse myself because I, I don't need to. Um, I ran a, I, I ran, um, I ran a mile this morning. I did a straight mile run and I'm still well under an eight minute mile pace, close to a seven minute mile pace. But I don't do that every, you know, every day, but you know, I can do that because I've, I've, I've kept my body where it is. And if you continue to train as a 30-year-old at 50, you will not last. It, and, and the key will be um, your, your mobility will probably be the key thing. Um, and then the last thing I, I would say is strength is overrated. Um, people put way too much emphasis on the, the ability to have maximal strength. Well, that's kind of like, you know, having a, going out and buying an expensive, uh, I don't know, go out and buy uh, an expensive car and never drive it. I mean, you don't need maximum strength. You can do 100% of everything in life pretty much. And you don't need maximum strength to do it. You do need to be strong, but you just need to train your body with strength training, because that helps you, again, do things outside the gym, but maximum strength isn't important. And, it, and being honest with you, I don't know why it's important at age 30. Um, unless I guess you're an athlete and your, your, your career depends on it. But outside of that, I don't know. So I, I just think you need to really um, make adjustments as you go through, 
But if you don't stay sustainable, if you don't keep doing your workouts, if you don't keep fitness as a priority, then when you get to 50 and you've shut it down for the past 10 years and did nothing, well, starting over, dude. I mean, you're starting over. Make sure you do because it's important. But and you're um, starting over. You know, you, the, the losses accelerate. Uh, you know, decade to decade, the losses just keep accelerating yeah, at just a ridiculous rate. And that's the whole point of just the maintenance mode of it. But like, you know, I kind of I started to look at aging kind of like uh, your iPhone battery. You know what I mean? Like after like about six months, like it doesn't really charge up all the way anymore. And it, it just the battery depletes faster and faster. You know, let, let's say like your 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 if we're talking about the, your iPhone battery of life uh let, let's say at about 35 like you know that's the best the battery's ever going to be and then or just say your 30s and then starting your 40s like maybe just you lose 10 percent charge and it just it depletes faster so like in your 40s it's 90 percent 50s 80 percent 60s um 70 percent and you know by the time you hit 70 80 it's like now this battery is just, it starts at half level and you know i, I look at um you know, there's so many things to unpack in what you said, but just from that standpoint, when you start thinking, thinking about things that way, okay, my battery's changing. So, you know, when the way, if I looked at, if a workout, I'm not going to say it has to be an hour, but let's say you're dedicating an hour to a training session. You know, when you're young, like 55 plus minutes of it is like hard, grueling work. Maybe there's five minutes of show, like maybe you lifted a leg to stretch your hamstrings or like, you bent over a couple times uh, or grabbed a power rack and squatted down if that, right. But you know, now the way I do, you know, if I'm going to do, I'm going to dedicate an hour to quote unquote training, it's going to be 20 minutes of warming up or like really dedicated mobility workout for what I would be doing as training for at most 20 minutes. And then I'd spend 20 minutes, uh, you know, whether you want to call it cooling down or just jumpstarting the recovery process, like, so for me, let, let's say uh, like yesterday, um, I did 20 minutes of some really dedicated uh, knee training, <clears throat> knee training, mobility, or just lower quad work before I did some backward sledding for 20 minutes. And then I finished in the pool for 20 minutes doing a variety of things. And, um, you know, that to me is like for my 40 year old body, knowing all the stuff I put my body through and what my body needs and what that session was going to be, that was a perfect workout. Um, now some could say, well, that's 40 minutes warming up and cooling down. And yeah, that's a two to one of kind of more recovery mobility focus to training, if you will. Um, so, you know, for, for a battery that it doesn't fill up as much. And then just knowing, like, I can talk to this at 40. I'm sure you can talk to this at 60 soreness feels worse every decade. It just, it impacts you in a way where like, uh, yeah, you, when you're young, like you can be sore and still get a lot of things done. I don't know, man. Like, I, I know I can't at 40. Like, I, I just no. can't be having a lot of soreness and heaviness in my body. It makes me want to do nothing, especially because I have an active job. But um, you mentioned strength being the most overrated quality, and I couldn't agree more. Like, you know, especially when you're pushing load, it just makes you tight, and the body keeps getting tighter as you get older. So what it just it exponentially just in, in my mind. Um, trying to keep pursuing strength at that maximal level accelerates the loss of mobility and wear and tear in a way that um, is just so damaging. Yeah. You know, as you're talking, BJ, to go back to your original question, how have I changed? 
here's here's hard numbers on on how I've changed. When I trained at when and in age thirty, uh, I would typically do a dynamic warm up, band stretching, but it was about ten minutes, and then my workout could go anywhere from fifty minutes on up to seventy five to eighty minutes. I mean, I could go, you know, I'd go hard for a long time. I didn't, I didn't even worry about time. The only time I worried about time is if I had to get something done. I, it was cut for time. But when I got to forty, my my train, my warm up went from to about fifteen minutes. Absolutely gave it. I never missed that. And it was a combination of foam rolling, stretching, mobility, dynamic. I always would do some type of dynamic, like band related uh, strength training before I actually got into the harder part of my strength training. At age 50, dialed in my mobility 20 minutes. I'm sorry, I I need at least 20 minutes. And as I rolled closer to 60, I'm probably saving 25 minutes. This morning's workout, the morning's, this morning's workout, um, 15 minutes of band stretching. Another 10 to 12 minutes of body weight yoga-based mobility training. Five minutes to take a band and simulate going through the movement patterns I was planning on using that day, but I used a light band resistance to juice up the joints and get all the tendons and everything ready to go. And then I hit my workout. My workout was three exercises that lasted 30 total minutes. So my total workout, about 60, 65 minutes. Now that's hard numbers in how I've changed throughout the years. And I'll tell you what, right now, I feel great. And in guards, one other comment about soreness. If your workouts are making you sore, it's like going out and going on a drinking bender and you're hung over the next day. How productive are you if you are hung over because you drank so much the night before? You get nothing done the next day. Well, soreness is kind of like that same thing. You've gone out, you beat your body up in a workout. So the next day, you can't do anything. Maybe even the next day you can't do anything. So now you lost two days of fitness could have helped your body because you you're you are like hell bent on saying I, I got to go out and beat the hell out of my body. I would challenge people out there, age 30, age 40, 50, I don't really care. Try to go through a week where you work out hard, but your soreness is minimal, minimal. And let me know how you feel. I bet you feel feel better, move better, and enjoy your day better than if you go in and max out squat and the next day you can't you can't even sit down because your butt's so sore. I, I, I would those are not fun days. I, I don't that's that doesn't feel good. So I, I, that's how I, I would kind of follow up with that on for you. No, I love that. You know, there's a couple of things to look at too. You know, there's two big takeaways or additions I would put to that. You know, one is I've started to put breaks on myself in ways I've never had before in the sense of like, 
I'm trying to not train harder than 20 minutes right now. And I just yes. want to see how my body looks and feels. And, and I, instead of like, as I've always been prone, and this is very important if you're prone to overdoing it. I, I am, I overtrained for the first 40 years of my life in many cases, especially the first 35. Absolutely. And uh, I wore through uh, some of the cycles, especially with my knees that are going to require now a lifetime, the rest of my life focus on just, managing that wear and tear um so you know you know breaks i put on myself now is like can i find a way to get this done in a set or two versus the three to five sets plus that i used to just punish myself through um you know these are really important i i think if you don't put breaks on yourself like limiting how long you train limiting the number of sets uh like always having sunday off whatever the day you need but like just no matter what, even if you feel good, like you, you don't train on Sunday or whatever day of the week for you, just because you're always trying to just keep, you never want to be in a recovery deficit, right? And with that two priorities change, especially as you get older, like at 40, uh, I look at, you know, like in a dream scenario, I'd like to retire by 50. It might take till 60, hopefully not 70. But if that means I have 10 to 20 more years of money earning work to secure my financial freedom for myself and my family. Well, now business means more than my body, even though in a lot of ways, my body is my business. But what I mean that that is uh, the filming of the workouts and the stuff we do is now it's, I, it's just way more important than my actual workouts. And I actually now treat it as a training session. Cause you know, if you've, if you've ever done it, it may not be as exhausting as to do an actual session, but you know, you're out there for, you know, typically uh, you know, they take at least 60 to 90 minutes, sometimes longer. You're on your feet, you're going through the motions and it adds up. And um, if, if I'm sore or tight, I can't show the movements properly. And, and in some ways it sucks because like, you know, I took something that was a passion and I turned it into a business. And as a result, it's no longer a passion. Um, it really is work. Um, so I don't have that same outlet, but I'm not whining or complaining. I built a great life with it as, as you have, but uh, you know, but now business matters. So I just can't get hurt. I have to, I treat my body like I'm in a bubble. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. I can find a way to crush myself in the water, I do it because I, I know that there's no cost. There's already been so much cost to when, what my body had to go through playing football in high school and college, doing powerlifting, just being on this earth for 40 years. So you know, it really is just about shifting priorities and just being intelligent about things. Uh, you know, what what type of injuries uh, have you dealt with? And then, like, what type of jo just just day to day joint pain are you battling now at sixty? Honestly, yeah, none. I I I had um, uh, right on age forty, I tore. Uh, I had a seven millimeter tear of my rotator cuff, took out my labrum and ruptured my bicep tendon. And that injury took, I, I had to rehabilitate myself. Um, that was the, the last injury that I suffered, um, knock on wood, that required, I had to go out and have somebody put me back together. Um, and that was strictly because of a, bad, uh, poor training, poor, poor training and letting my ego get in the way. And that's the last time I've left my ego kind of get in the way. Now, outside of that injuries, that battle, I did have some low back issues, 
that were actually um, uh, the result of a tight SI joint. That was the result of um, my, you know, I, I had some restrictions in my hip, specifically rotation that I didn't, hadn't picked up on. And that led to my back injury, um, or not an injury so much, but just a flare up. Um, but um, again, that led me to understanding something that I realized I hadn't worked on enough. Um, and so I, uh, that was the other injury, but I, I'm honestly, BJ, I, I, I get up, I get kind of annoyed at myself if I train so hard that the next day I'm sore. Um, and, and people may look at that and say, well, then you're not training. Uh, well, uh, let's go. Uh, I'll, I'll work out with you. I mean, I'll work out with anybody um, and I'll do my thing and you do your thing. But I, I, I my uh, being honest with you, I, I, I yeah, I, I, I really don't struggle too much right now. Um, my, my body feels really good. Um, really good. I, I've got some mobility stuff that I, I have to continue to work on, but it's not leading to anything that's joint related or muscle related from a soreness standpoint. You know, it's funny too. I, I talk, <clears throat> excuse me. I talk about this now. Like I really look, even my training, I, I kind of look at it more as it's, it's just really proficient practice. You know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. I, I just practice the movements honestly all day. Like I, I, people know I have this EHO every hour on the hour kind of approach to my mobility. And even in my training sessions, I'm only going to use a load typically, you know, there might be times here where I'm going to push things a bit, but uh, as of right now, again, as I just prioritize filming, getting ahead on content and just like, not, I don't want to dread the sessions anymore. Like I'm done with that. I used to dread training for the first 40 years of my life. Really. Um, now I just, I do things that make me feel good. And I know just if I practice these movements repeatedly, I keep getting better at them yeah. regardless of age, by the way, that's the one thing like, you can keep improving your form uh, for life, I believe, especially as if you can maintain uh, mobility and, and stay lean. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's really a big shift is like just practicing things with perfect form versus pushing things to failure or just pushing things to fatigue or soreness or uh, discomfort. Um, I let my breathing dictate the speed with which I do things. Um, and I never, I never, do things beyond my ability to breathe through it. Those are great breaks I put on myself. So uh, <clears throat> that's just one thing I'll leave with you guys too, is that, you know, start approaching uh, things as movement practice versus uh, strength training, you know, yep. um, and, and great things happen. You'll find yourself moving more, enjoying uh, your leisurely activities more uh, and, and that type of thing. Now, at the time of recording this, uh, it, it, it's, it's summer is right around the corner. And again, you're still living in Wisconsin. So yep. you've got to take advantage of these warm months. But uh, you've always been big into outdoor training. Uh, yeah. I think it's really important to have a seasonality to the way you do things. Even if you live uh, in a warm climate most of the year, like getting outside, getting out of the gym. Um, talk about this 28-day outdoor plan and just give some takeaways to the listener in terms of how like you know, again, like what I've always loved about you, do you use some patio workouts, you go to the park, you do the playground, you yep. use a, a picnic bench, um, you know, like talk us through it. And the hill, I, I just saw you talked about the hill. <laughs> we, we have some great memories on the hill, don't we? We do. Yeah. Kinderberg Hill was where you and I, um, I think, really developed a relationship that is now a lifetime. 
Um, also sexual. I mean, to be honest, that's about true. It. That's true. You were you were <laughs> shredding up and getting ready for a show at that time, so you were pretty hot looking at that time. But um, that that said, that said, um, the outdoor workouts. So what I did for my my band gym membership is I I I really wanted them to to learn how to change up their workouts because I, I firmly believe fitness sustainability is the ability to have tools in your toolbox that allow you to change the environment that you're surrounded by to make just just to make the workouts more fun um, and as I've said already my goal is in life, to help you maximize life outside the gym. So let's get outside the gym and let's see what we can find because the likelihood is we're gonna find things that, that you have to go against each day in life, like the hills. If you go out for walks, you're gonna have to walk up hills, you're gonna have to walk down hills. So the outdoor workout, the concept was, obviously with resistance bands, I can go anywhere. Um, and so that was the first thing. So I have a tool in resistance bands that's convenient that now allows me to train absolutely anywhere so that does two things number one it allows you to just go anywhere well we trained at a tennis court we trained at a playground we trained on my patio we trained at kinderberg hill and um, i trained at a football field on turf so those were those were the, the five workouts that I, the areas that I put together in this month's band gym um, workout plan. And then I just use bands in different ways. So, but what people, what we, what I taught my members was how to just really go out to these environments. And I don't really care if you don't want to train on the football field, do it in your patio. The interesting thing is, all these workouts could have been done at each of these places. You, you, it didn't matter the place. It mattered, it mattered just learning how to do the workout. But in the meantime, you were exposing yourself to what I think is huge, and that is just being on fresh air. I mean, I, I, I envy you and Jeremy and other people that have the ability to train year-round outside. I mean, my favorite training times right now and why why probably I'm, my body is responding the way it is is i can be outside right now um, i've taken your advantage and trained in heat i love training in heat it's so much better for my body at this age so summer workouts outside around wisconsin super easy to go ahead and train now um, so that was that's that was the concept behind the outdoor workouts is show people how they can train anywhere thus by doing that you eliminate the excuse of, well, I can't get a workout in. Well, if you've got a resistance band in your hand and you have been following me or following somebody that trains with them well, you have a workout that you should do and you can do. So that was the other concept behind the outdoor workouts was really to kind of drive home this idea of, guys, in order to have a sustainable fitness program, you need to do it regularly. I understand stuff hops up, shit happens, days get mixed up. Heavens knows, my last three days have been absolutely a cluster. 
but I haven't missed a workout. And, and some of my workouts were just down in my basement with one band, you know, um, today's workout. I just, I re- literally went out on the street mm-hmm. and just went for a walk and then I made it into a run and then I stopped at a park and, and I had a band and I, I did a, a workout at the park. Um, so that was the idea behind the playground workouts and, uh, and the outdoor workouts was to, to create that exposure and really give people something new to work with. I, I realize some people don't like to go outside and work out. I think they're missing out if they don't. Um, I, I really think they should try to get outside and take advantage of so many things that that being out and just outside gives you, like, you know, just being out in the sun and energy and better oxygen and not, you know, not and seeing greenery and, and life, you know, blossoming, if you will, in front of you. That, those things are all inspiring to me. Oh, no. And, and again, changing environment is just as important as changing your exercises, right? Things get stale, they get boring. And, you know, one thing that um, I always say, like a good fitness system or approach to training, it travels like a championship defense. I remember when I was young, um, I would panic about finding like a a gym if I was traveling like or on the road, like, where am I going to find a a gym where it has as a bench press, I could do my bench press, like, you know, and that's an example of your workouts owning you instead of you owning your workouts, you know, uh, and part of what I recommend, if you're going to pursue something, because again, like why pursue something in most cases, if you're an adult and you you have a typical life that doesn't involve, you know, competitive athletics, why would you pursue something that you can't continue with? You can't sustain with that um, becomes a source of anxiety. Anytime things aren't perfect, perfect time, perfect environment, perfect schedule, because, you know, we all know uh, those days are rare, um, you know, unless you are retired and you're set and you have a whole team of people helping you live your life, like day to day, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Things come up. And, um, you know, I, I even found myself like avoiding travel because I couldn't keep up with my workouts the way I used to do them. And, and that's, again, like whether it's bands, body weight, you know, uh, dumbbells to a lesser degree, med balls, you know, uh, or a mix of all of them, like we kind of do with the dailybeager.com. And, and you mix it a lot too. You mix in all those, those, those minimal equipment tools because they, they all, they all add to each other, but mm-hmm. you know, th- that's the biggest, one of the biggest things I can impress upon people listening to Dave, listening to me is that we've set up fitness systems for us. We can go inside, outside garage, basement. We could go to the gym. I know you still go to your, your local Germantown gym sometimes. I go to one here occasionally just to get the sauna or do a little Stairmaster because um, I don't want to have to pay for both and maintain them at my house. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, ultimately you and I, because we have this kind of body weight base and then the tools we use on top of that, you can put in a, in a, in a suitcase or, or a travel bag. You know, it doesn't matter where we are. We can maintain, sustain and grow. Um, and we're not limited to the to kind of the bodybuilder, powerlifter, maximum equipment setup mindset uh, that like kind of just locks you in, isolates you from your environment. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, you know, and, and as I said earlier, um, I, when I when I used to, um, you know, in the winter, I'll I'll venture over to the gym maybe a, a few more times. Um, than I do now. I mean, now I don't go to the gym at all. Uh, I either train at home, I train outside, um, or um, 
I've been recently blessed. Now my son Carter just um, opened up a warehouse training facility that is nothing more than artificial turf and rubber floor. <laughs> and so, and he can open up garage doors and um, we get fresh airflow. Uh, it, it's been a talk about a, a kid in a candy store. That's me right now. Uh, I go over there. There's, I, it's just me, but I don't want to regress and talk about that. But the, the point I wanted to make is um, if you have a workout program right now that you cannot control that you are relying on people, um, facilities, certain equipment. Um, you have, unfortunately, you have an un, you, you do not have a sustainable fitness program. Uh, you just don't. And if you don't have a sustainable fitness program, then that means you're going to start missing workouts. And if you start missing challenging your body on a consistent basis as you get older the one thing that i know right away is if i don't move and challenge my body at a minimum level every day i know it the next day um and and if you talk about being sore um i get more sore from not challenging my body to that minimum minimal level uh, versus most people say, well, I get sore because I overtrained. I get sore because I didn't train. And that's a huge thing. If you talk about what I've learned as I go through you know, life and get older, actually moving and developing a level of minimal fitness exercise each day, you will find that if you don't do that, you will not feel good the next day. And it becomes even more accentuated as you get older. That's that's one thing that I have learned. Um, and again, why I get inspired to work out every day, um, you know, and do something. And, and again, it's it's not hit workouts. It's not high intensity stuff. I do at least one workout a week that is nothing more than I just go down, turn some music on and just let my body move and mobilize myself in multiple ways with the goal being when I leave that workout, I feel phenomenal. And if I don't, then I, I change it because I, that's not what I want from that workout. I want to feel really good, really good. Like I, like I could go do anything I want. That's the kind of feeling I want from that workout specifically. I love that, man. You know, and obviously we're both fitness guys, but we, have been in the fitness business for around, you know, we really got started in quote unquote, you were involved in physical therapy prior yep. to me starting with fitness. We both kind of started in fitness around the same time. We've been at it for two decades, uh, both in person and, and online. Um, and now we're, we're entirely online based. And, you know, both of us were blessed to have built enough of a, a customer base and infrastructure that we survived through the pandemic in ways that many of our peers did not, you know, yeah. You're also 60, which gives you a level of wisdom and life experience that, you know, I'm 20 years short on. Uh, what's it like being a businessman at 60 versus, uh, you know, 50, 64? I mean, I can speak just from 40. Like, I, I find myself much less competitive and much more uh, big picture process oriented uh, than I was in my 30s and 20s. But can and, and by the way, those listening too, both 
Dave and myself, we, we, uh, our wives, his wife, Karen, my wife, Naomi, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, uh, two person business. Really. Yeah. We have some help, yeah. uh, but it's really us too. And we've managed those husband wife dynamics, which, which by the way, not easy. <laughs> we, you know, I'm sure that's a big <laughs> part of the learning process for you as it has been for me, but yeah. speak to some business lessons. We are sometimes it's easy to forget. Like we really are kind of OGs and, uh, you know, uh, what we do in the sense that like this wasn't a thing 20 years ago like we 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 entered a time where social media just became a thing online training was even possible and uh you know we, we've been through the good bad and ugly of it and we're still here and so we must have been doing something right yep no i i think that's that's a that's a great question and i'll be honest with you it's one that i i struggle with right now because I look at myself as a business person and I'm going, okay, what's reality here, Dave, when it comes to your business? Well, reality one is I'm 60. I, I don't understand social media, the internet, the, the technology like you do. And I don't even come close to understanding it at the level of what Carter understands it. Okay, that's reality. But interesting enough, my population that enjoys following me is my age, give or take, give or take 10 years. Um, that's really my population that now follows me versus who followed me when I was 40 and who followed me when I was 30. So even though I don't understand the technology part, to some degree, neither do the people that follow me. So don't get, I, I've learned to say, hey, just breathe. You, you just breathe on it. You, you don't need to be a, a master of that because the people that are, you're helping right now are okay with that. They're, they're good with what you know. So that, that's kind of been an interesting finding as I go along and something that I really struggled with because I listen to you and I, and I, and I, you know, see what Carter's doing and I see what, you know, my, my oldest daughter is a digital marketing. Um, that's her, that's her business. I mean, that's what she does. And I'm like, she blows through the social media stuff. Like, like, it's like nothing. And I'm going, God, Kelsey, how, how do you know that? <laughs> you know? And, and, you know, so that's the first thing. The, the, the second point uh, I guess I want to make is I'm 60. So, you know, I'm not 40, BJ. So I'm looking at about a two to five year window. And honestly, I, 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 I'm, I think a lot about my exit plan. Um, and that exit plan is only a couple of years away. And it's, it's going to take a few years to evolve that exit plan. So if I'm thinking about an exit plan right now, um, that's not gonna happen for a couple of years because it's gonna take that while to do it. So with, when you're thinking about an exit plan, you now start to think, well, is it worth me reinvesting into a higher level of technology, of functionality, of putting money back into the business to grow a certain part of it. And I, I struggle with that because I may not have enough time 
to make that work, you know, or to make that benefit me. So that's a, that's a struggle I have at this age when it comes to owning your own business. Um, and then, you know, the, the last thing and, and a good friend of mine, um, well, you know, you know, Pat Rigsby, um, yep. Pat and I were talking one day uh, a few months ago and I was talking about, you know, how I could generate more revenue with this specific entity of my business. And he listened and he goes, well, Dave, you can do this, but please understand you, you've made your legacy and people that are 60 don't make as much money as they made at 40 and 35 typically he goes so it's okay that you're not making as much income as you did back then and it made me step back and go you know he's right back then i had three children all either in grade you know grade school or middle school and i had to get them all the way you know through college and get them on their way I had, you know, I was still trying to develop stability in my, you know, my home and, and my financial, you know, worth or whatever you want to call it. Well, I don't have to do that so much now. So why am I worried about still hitting that number? You know what I'm saying? Um, and to my credit, you know, and you know me because we would hang around a lot. I... I, I did a lot of stuff on my own to make sure that I, I didn't spend what I made, but I, I put away my legacy, if you will, my financial legacy a little bit so that I would be, when I got to this point, I wouldn't have to worry about making the number. Um, and so I guess those are the three, three things that I, that have really kind of played on my mind the last, you know, last few few couple of years but probably more so since I have turned 60 is that okay Dave let's I want to look at my business I'm kind of looking at my business now like okay how can I get it ready for somebody to carry it on that's kind of intriguing to me I I, I want to get it set up so that I could pass it on to somebody and say dude you can still do it and here's how you can do it and you know what you don't even have to reinvent it you just have to probably upgrade the technology portion of it. Um, but outside of that, you know, I, I'm excited about that opportunity to see if I can come across someday. So, and I, again, I'm not pushing that out there. So I hope the population that's listening to us right now, I'm not, not looking for somebody to purchase us right now or anything like that. I'm not saying that. I'm looking at saying, when I look at my company, if I came across somebody that I just felt like could really carry it on, would it be ready for them? And that's kind of what I mean by how I'm evaluating things these days. You know, what's funny, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, I know you very well and we've had some really honest conversations in and outside the gym, uh, especially on business and stuff like that. I think the reason you and I are still here today is much less because of us being good businessmen it's more so because we really, really have committed to the craft or art of fitness. In fact, if I'm being honest, like sometimes I wonder if I'm not even a good businessman at all, um, you know, in I terms of the way, the way I approach things. I and, and as I've gotten older, too, you know, um, 
you know, you know, obviously I, I was, we came out with the first streaming uh, fitness platform and stream fit in 2012. And you fast forward like over a decade now since that, um, you know, when DVDs were obsolete, books were obsolete. And I just launched this new book and I look at the, you know, number of purchases of the Kindle ebook versus the print copy. And there's a significantly greater purchase of the print. Well, you know why? Because my audience is the, the vast majority of them are between 35 and 44. And there's also a substantial number above 44. And we grew up with books in our hands. Mm-hmm. And you yep. know what? Uh, a lot of the work I felt like I've done online the last 10 years, it's meant nothing to me in a lot of ways because it, it's not real. It's I, I haven't had anything to like put in my hands or put on the wall or put on a shelf or put on a table. Um and I feel like you look at social media probably in the way that me being 20 years younger at 40 uh, looks at AI now. It's like, great, fucking AI. Right? <laughs> I just fucking learned, uh, learned a little bit about TikTok and now I've got to figure this out. And now AI can like technically, but some of the things they're saying about AI, like they could, it could very quickly get to the point where they could, it could study all of my videos or your videos and someone could search and say, I want a BJ Gador style or a Dave Schmitz style band workout. And it could probably pop out something pretty close. Now, yeah. I believe you'll never replicate the artistry of the human condition. But, you know, we also have to consider, too, like the average mouth breather out there, <laughs> you know, that like <laughs> is out there looking for fitness, uh, you know, ch- chest workout, you know, um, it's the way they search it anyway. <laughs> We're probably losing a bunch of people right now. What, what I'm really getting at is, dude, even at 40 now, like we both know the cost, both in time and resources of acquiring new customers. And unless I'm willing to ramp up our infrastructure to a degree that makes this business no longer like it's never fun, but like it does provide so much freedom and flexibility for yeah. me. I'd lose a lot of that if I had to level up and, and go after customers in a bigger way. Um, I have to really think about that balance and just be okay with, okay, this is what I've got. I'll take any additional people in my space that I can get in front of without it requiring too much time or energy or or something that isn't sustainable for me now at 40. Um, Mm -hmm. Just being consistent for the long haul now is something I've never really looked at until recently. Um, And it's like almost being okay with the loss of people. That's going to happen. People get older. They unfortunately, they pass away, they lose interest or their interests change. Um, so, you know, a lot of cases, it seems like after 40, it's like a shrinking audience, unless you're willing to just, um, you know, find younger people to surround yourself with or help take over parts of your business. But again, like, that's okay, too, because uh, the whole point of all the work we've done up until this point was that we could kind of downshift or cruise control at some point, right? Yep. Yep. And I'll be honest with you, BJ, AI, AI is a, is a, um, is a weak, it, it, it's not where we should be going. I, I just, I, I, I just had an experience over the last couple of days that showed me how bad people are at wanting to just look you in the eye and help you. And for 
for you, you called this morning and I didn't have my phone. And the reason I don't have my phone is because I don't have a phone. I am completely off the grid right now. I don't own a phone. It is amazing, number one, what that feels like. And number two, to get a phone back in my hand, I have done nothing but talk to robots and voice messages for the last 24 hours. I haven't talked to a person. There has not been a single individual that looked at me that was breathing on the other end of the line that could talk to me. We have become so automated. You don't talk to people. I, I never want that. I, I, I know that you, you like to work, you know, be a little, you're a little bit more introverted than me on that. I, I, I you know, I just want people to be able to contact me when they truly need help and I'll help them. Now you, you got to deal with the guys that want to just take up your time too. I get that, but, but man, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be part of that. I, I'm not interested in being part of that. That's not what I was grew up. I, I grew up on a farm. My dad grew up on a farm. And when he had to work with people that helped him run his farm, they either came out to the farm to talk to him, or he went into town in his car to talk to them. And eventually, this is, eventually he would do it on a phone, a landline phone. Um, but it was always eye to eye. And that's the way I was grew up. And I will never lose that. I just, I just can't. Um, you know, I, I try to, we try to shield ourselves a little bit because otherwise we would be talking to people constantly all day and not be able to do what we need to get done. But I want people to feel like they can at least email me and I will answer them. Um, and that, that we're a little different that way, but not that much different. I mean, if an honest person, BJ, contacts you and you know they're legitimate and they really need your help, I guarantee you, you're going to help them. I guarantee it. And you're not going to help them by just sending them an automated message. I just know you're not. Um, and so, you know, that's to me, that's the other thing about this is in my business is I, I, I'm just not going to go that way. And thank goodness I can't because I don't freaking understand it anyway. <laughs> so I, I can't go that way. So I'm going to stay the way I am. Yeah, um, I mean, you got, you got to run the yeah. right race. You got to know your lane. You know, like if the growth requires you to get so, you know, people say we, we were just talking about getting comfortable early in the episode, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. But if it's taking you so outside of your comfort level, you know, especially as you get older, man, again, like we have limited resources. We have limited time left like that. That's another piece of this, too, man. It's just like so I'm going to learn all this shit. It's just going to take away time from my family, from what's important. And ultimately, I'm not going to be able to do it well to the level of someone who actually like enjoys it or immerses himself in it. Um, you know, th these are these are decisions that or these are conversations, you know, I never had um, in my 20s or 30s and even some regard because I, I was willing to sacrifice the important stuff to keep up. Um, but, you know, the, the, the pandemic, that whole experience really like if you didn't learn about what was important during that time, what a loss. Yeah. I'm really glad I did. And um, it might mean at the expense of the, uh, you know, the potential of my business, 
Um, but also I kind of look at potential as a dirty word these days because potential, I feel like always leaves you disappointed or unsatisfied. Yeah. We all have quote unquote potential. There's a ceiling, but what's the cost of climbing that high? Yeah. What's the cost? And, um, you know, if I'm lucky to be around in 20 years, am I going to look back at all the time that I tried to keep up, um, at the expense of, you know, even my own, my own body, right? Like, yeah. um, which yeah. a lot of people deal with, with, with their business and stuff. Like I can't do this for myself because I have to take care of this for my business or my job. But then it's 10 to 20 years down the road and you have no help you're in pain. Yeah. And, uh, wow. Was it, was it worth it? Cause you can't take any of this stuff with you. So again, these are big picture conversations, but I mean, I, I, I do relate, man. Cause, uh, you know, I, we've even talked, like we'll share tips and stuff. And you'll ask me about like uh, YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. And I can just tell like you're, you're, you just want to kill someone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Cause it's just like, really, why can't we just be awesome at what we do? Yeah. Why you can't know? I just um, talk to, why can't I just tell people and talk to them? Why do I have to be, you know, an entertainer on TikTok? I know, um, dude. I'm on a a group thread right now, a group chat thread about how uh, some people I know that are like just incredible on YouTube and like just a way to use AI to generate your thumbnails and and, uh, title ideas. And I'm like, I'm just like, Uh, I'm already there, man. Like, I just, why? I got got workouts I need to make today for my members. You know, like, why am I going to be distracted by this? You know, and if my, if this is what's required to keep myself in business, I'm like, do I want to be in business? I don't know, man. Yeah. These are just interesting conversations. They are. Um, and I can only I, imagine I, what it's like for you at 60 to have to see this stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I'll let's take this conversation that we just had about business and let's roll it into everybody's fitness journey out there right now. And just listen to where I'm going. If the risk of how you are training right now is going to eliminate something that you love doing outside the gym, but your workouts in the gym, you're not willing to make modifications and therefore you're risking that. Are they worth it? Is it really worth a potential rotator cuff tear that needs surgery that in turn could go bad. And now you lose full range of motion of your shoulder all because you want it to hit that, you know, 250, 300 bench press. Really? Really? And, and so I hope that makes sense. You know, is it worth me, you know, spending, I don't know how many thousands of dollars to rebuild the band gym membership site, to go ahead and maybe get, maybe get another hundred members, you know, meanwhile, the members that I have right now are okay with what I'm doing because I talk to them. I correspond with them. I, I give them what they need exercise wise, and they know I'm here when they need me to me. That's, 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 that's it. So uh, you can, you can flip it to a fitness world too, you know, and just look at your fitness and say, 
is the risk. Is it worth the risk? You know, and, uh, you know, to me, you, in your fitness, you're, if you're risking something in your health, you're risking a whole hell of a lot more than me risking some $1,000 or a few thousand dollars trying to go to a different platform. That's just money. Dude, there is, you, you can't put a number on your health. You can't do it. You can't. And, and so, you know, my, my feeling, and it's maybe getting a little bit over the top, but it, it's not that much different. It really isn't. No, it's not. Again, it all comes down to sustainability and, yeah. you know, uh, all the, or, you know, all the, all the analogies, the juice worth the squeeze. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, one thing that um, I'm investing in is I'm going to get an hourglass and I'm going to start doing some hourglass workouts because, you know, it's just such an interesting re- uh, way to relate to time when you see the sand just dropping through to the bottom. That time is gone. I'll never get that time back. You know, it, it's different when you look at the digital clock or even, even a, a clock, a classic clock with, you know, two hands uh, passing. But, you know, like th- that's one thing that um, in most things now I look at, like, you know, if, I, if, if I'm still, if I'm in the middle of a workout, I'm looking at the hourglass and I see, okay, there's still some things I can do to benefit from being here. Or am I now just losing time for the sake of losing time? And, um, you know, again, like, it's just amazing what happens to your mindset as you get older. And I, I think this is, this is really the beauty of, of aging is that um, all the bullshit, bullshit kinds of, kind of goes to the side. You know, it's important. You know what you could do additionally to, uh, to make things grow more, et cetera. But you also know that this comes at the cost of the limited time we have here. So you just got to be so of it and you got to you got to set boundaries and you got to be ruthless in lots of ways with your time um and you've identified that for you the cost of you trying to learn how to play quote unquote a younger's man game both in fitness and and business uh is going to take away from what you already do naturally which which your audience has grown accustomed to which is they can access you they know you you deliver a very consistent reliable quality product and service and they can email you and they can get a response. And, and uh, yeah. that wouldn't be possible if you tried to take, to tackle all these other things outside of your lane. You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not willing or able to find the help for that, and it doesn't make sense for you or your business, you got to be okay w- w- with with this still beautiful, profitable business that you built that still ultimately does what any business you create should do. Yeah, it should take care of the customer, but ultimately you got to build that to serve you and the lifestyle that you wanted to create. That was why we all got started on these businesses. Exactly, exactly, exactly. So BJ, I want to leave your audience with um, six things that they should be doing no matter what age they're at right now in their strength training program. Do you mind if I share that with them? Please do. Okay. These are things that I have modified in my workouts, primarily when it comes to my strength-based workouts, so that I wake up the next morning energized and and as a result of that, low inflammation and and my body can continue to, to evolve. First and foremost, no workout ever 
starts with anything but um, getting my mind and, and getting my breathing in the right place typically takes me a minute or so. And then I move into a very gradual progression of mobility. And, and, but I look at it, I look at that part of my workout as just a lower intensity part of my workout. I don't look at it like, oh, I got to stretch or I got to mobilize. I look at it like, God, I am so happy I can do this because this is going to enhance my mobility so I can keep doing everything I want to be able to do anywhere. So mobility always first. Number two, um, I train with bands. Um, and, and I say that not because that's my business. I firmly believe that you should have at least two or three workouts a week. And if you work out, let's say you work out four times a week, I believe at least two of those workouts should be just strictly band resistance because you can work hard, but your body doesn't pay the price. And I follow that rule every, uh, I follow that rule for a long time. But when you look at my workouts throughout the week, I do at least three workouts a week that are just strictly bands. Number three. My, I use band assistance a lot so that I can improve the, the, go through full ranges of motion, do the movement at a high level of quality, and I can do the movement for a, a fairly long work set. So like push-ups, I, I do assisted push-ups a ton. Now, yeah, can I do regular push-ups? Absolutely, I can but I don't do them as clean and as good as if I use assistance. So a lot of band assistance training into my workouts. Change up direction. Change the direction of your lunge. Change the direction of how you're doing your split squat. Change the direction of how you are rowing. Don't just roll the same way every time. And again, the beauty of band training is that it's an easy thing to do. If you want to train with free weights and you find that you are getting beat up with free weight training, start contrasting it. Learn how to go ahead and combine bands with free weights. Therefore, now you don't have to handle as big a load, but you can still work hard and you're still lifting a very aggressive resistance if that's important to you, but you're not beating up your body. Do that. Absolutely do that. And make sure you consider that. And the last thing or last two things, number one, don't be scared to do longer work sets with lower volume or excuse me, longer work sets with lower loads, because guess what? Life outside the gym is much more a submaximal load world where you have to do stuff for 20 or 30 minutes and you have submaximal loads. And then the last thing, the last thing, um, don't be scared to move fast now and then. You can move fast and not put things at risk. I'm not talking about, you know, throwing 80 pound medicine balls or, you know, doing those types. You know, I can do a, a take a, 10 pound resistance band 
and challenge myself to move quickly doing a chest press. And I'm not risking anything. I'm not overloading anything. But the neurological impact, the ability for me to keep my reactive speed and my ability to respond to awkward movements quickly, that's what training a little bit of speed now and then does. And there's so many ways to do it safely. But think about it. If I can react quickly, what's my fall potential? Eh, probably a little less. And that's the way I look at it. And so those are the things, you know, hopefully they can listen to those things and put them in, but bring them into your workouts. And if they have any questions, you'll share how people can get a hold of me. And so feel free to reach out to me and ask me, what do you mean by that? And I can, I can give them four or five videos in a heartbeat that teaches them what I mean by that. But those are the things that I think you should start doing right now on a regular basis. If fitness is something that you want to be able to do for a long period of time, but more importantly, if you want to make your fitness make life outside the gym, it's best. My penis has grown to full strength <laughs> doing those six tips. Well, that's unfortunate, but you'll have to handle that yourself. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's fortunate. I appreciate that. Um, look, man, um, when you, uh, at least on my iPhone, I've got the ability to pin <laughs> nine, nine different contacts in my phone. Uh, people know that know me. I, I'm very introverted. I don't have a lot of people bandwidth. But mm -hmm. Dave the Bandman Schmitz is one of those nine people I pin. And from just a personal standpoint, from a professional standpoint, uh, you are looking at one of the best there is at what he does. Go to resistancebandtraining.com. Those three words, resistancebandtraining.com. Jump on his newsletter, get his free uh, report or, or list of top 101 band exercises. There's a wealth of information there, and you can follow him from there, all the yeah. different show, social outlets. But that, that's the place to go uh, to really learn more about Dave and connect with him. I appreciate your time, man. And, oh, uh, you know, happy birthday again. I'm excited <laughs> to see uh, – what the, what the, you know, I guess the next two to five or the final two to five years of your, uh, you know, full-time business life looks life and, and then what you'll end up evolving to. And uh, I look forward to keeping in touch from here, brother. Absolutely, man. Thanks again for having me on. And uh, we'll talk real soon again. Guys, thanks for listening. A five-star rating and review is much appreciated. And uh, be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode. And if you haven't checked out my brand new book on Amazon, The Ultimate Push-Up Guide, available on Kindle or paperback, please do so. And uh, we'll be back with more. And I'm sure we'll get Dave on again uh, real soon. Peace.